Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am ready. Well, happy Mother's Day, and let's go. Let's go to Brooklyn, New York. Well, we already have a correspondent live on the ground. Reporting live. Yes. I wish I lived where she lived. I wondered how close it was and if we could go by the You know what? It is where, um, it's very close to where you guys, the hotel we recommended at first. Oh, One of the Marriott's. It's under the Brooklyn Bridge, it seems. Oh, wow. Loretta, a 37-year-old widow, accepts a wedding proposal from a man she likes but does not love. Her fiancé encourages her to invite his five-year estranged brother to the wedding. What could go wrong? Mm. We are doing 1987's Moonstruck. Moonstruck. It premiered in New York City on December 16, 1987 and had its U.S. premiere December 18, 1987. The Particulars, produced and directed by Norman Jewison, who, as of right now, is still alive at 94 years of age. Wow. He also directed The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, which we've done. Oh, you've done that. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the Heat of the Night, which we haven't done. That's true. Fiddler on the Roof, which gets brought up a lot on this podcast <laughs> that we haven't done. And Justice for All. Um he, Nerd Alert, is not Jewish. I think a lot of people could just assume that he is based on his name, but no, he's a Protestant. And he was in the Royal Canadian Navy in World War II. Oh, thank you for your huh. service. Mm-hmm. It is written by John Patrick Shanley, who wrote the Pulitzer Prize winning play Doubt, colon, A Parable. And he also wrote and directed the 2008 movie starring Viola Davis and Meryl Streep. He also wrote and directed Joe versus the Volcano. And he wrote and directed the 2020 film with Emily Blunt, Wild Mountain Time. Oh, I never heard of that. I hadn't heard of Wild Mountain Time. It was one of those Sounds fun. (laughs) It came out at the beginning of the quarantine. I just know it because Emily Blunt was going around talking about a movie she did in Ireland. Music by Derek Hyman. He did a bunch of Woody Allen films. He also did The Lemon Sisters, which I wrote down because... Didn't you hate The Lemon Sisters, Ma? It wasn't... It wasn't the Lemon Sisters. Was it Hannah and her sisters? That was a movie. I thought that you hated the Lemon Sisters. They, it, it, they were on Fred uh, on um, uh, on um, Lawrence Welk's show. The I thought it was Lemon. No, this was there was a movie. You hated this movie. Oh yes, I did. I remember that now. I totally apologize. You had do a big old stink <laughs> over how much you hated the Lemon Sisters. I was a little kid. I wasn't allowed to watch it. I just remember like a good solid week. You kept talking about how much you hated the Lemon Sisters. Did that have Goldie Hawn and um, Susan Sarandon in it? I don't know. It might, it might have, because I mean, how can you go wrong with those two? But the I don't movie think I'm so. thinking of did. Okay, okay. Um, 
He also his music was also in the film Two Weeks Notice. The director of photography is <laughs> David Watkin. Nerd alert! He was one of the first directors of photography to experiment. Ex- I'm sorry, that word is experiment. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're chewing spearmint gum spearmint. at the same time, you are experimenting. <laughs> he was the first DP to experiment with bounce light as a soft light source. And so that like bounce oh. light is when you have like a bounce board and the the soft light, it wraps around an object and instead of giving um, hard lines and stuff like you think of the lighting in mm. film noir but like soft lighting it wraps around gives mm. soft edges so he also he won an oscar for shooting out of africa he also did chariots mm. of fire help mahogany and yentl just to name a few wow mm-hmm. the editor is lou lombardo who cut the wild bunch which is one of considered the most one of the most uh, influential editing films of all time. Oh, never heard of it. The Wild Bunch. Never heard of it. Oh, okay, noted. <laughs> McCabe and Mrs. Miller. He also did Uncle Buck. He was never nominated for an editing award in his entire career. Wow. But when <laughs> you talk to people, they just are blown away by the editing in The Wild Bunch. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Starring Cher as Loretta mm. Constarini. Cher was born Sherilyn Sarkeesian. She was what? Teeny, she's around 41 when this was filmed? 40, 41? Wait, I have that written down. I, as much notes as I took, I did not make that note. Cher has no age for me. <laughs> I think sure, she was sure. 41, but she was playing a 37-year-old. Mm-hmm. So Cher, you know her from Sunny and Cher, the song I Got You, Babe, the Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour on TV, the songs Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, Half Breed, movies like Silkwood, Mask, Mermaid, the song If I Could Turn Back Time, and I Believe or Just Believe. Believe. Oh, believe. Do you believe? I I have to say though, my share jam is if I could turn back time. Me and too. Ah, oh. I love and that. Song. I mean, props to Sunny because I got you, babe. Oh yeah, that's a oh, good song. A real oh, man. Nicholas Cage as Ronnie Camareri. He was around twenty-three when he shot this. Oh my god. He's yeah, he was super young. He's known for Raising Arizona, Peggy Sue Got Married, Con Air, Kick Ass. Uh, he's Francis. Francis Ford Coppola is his uncle, hmm. and Jason Schwartzman is his cousin. Yes. Oh, hmm? so Olymp- their family is very rich, is what you're saying? Parts of the family tree does all right. <laughs> I don't know about the other parts of the family tree. I actually looked at the Coppola family tree. I oh, was like, oh, I see. Interesting. Uh, Olympia Dukakis as Rose Costarini. Mm. She was around, give or take, 56. And per Wikipedia, she dominated sports when she was younger. Oh, she was oh. a three, the three-time New England fencing champion. Wow. She was also known for Steel Magnolias, Tales of the City. And in July 2020... 
a documentary about her was released. Uh I believe it's called Olympia. Has anyone watched it? I haven't. I I forgot. I I remember seeing that it was on and I thought that would be interesting. And then I, you know, COVID brain. Yeah. And then I I forgot, but she recently just passed away. Like Mm. last week, I believe. Last week. Um, Vincent Gardenia as Cosmo Costorini. He was in The Hustler, Heaven Can Wait, and Bang the Drum Slowly. Danny Aiello as Johnny Camareri. He was That's in hard Do to the... say. It, it is. is. Yeah, it is. He was in Do the Right Thing, Godfather Part Two, and Once Upon a Time in America. Julie Basso, ba- Bo Vasso, mm. as Rita <laughs> Campomaggia. Campomaggio. You're right. She was also in The Verdict, Saturday Night Fever, and My Blue Heaven. Louis Gus as Raymond Campomaggio. <laughs> Campomaggio. Campomaggio. Oh, the Godfather, Crazy Joe, and Girl Fight. John Mahoney mm-hmm. as Perry. He was also in Eight Men Out say anything but probably most famous as Martin Crane father of Frasier Crane on TV's Frasier and we have finally Theodore that's regular Theodore Theodore is a regular name Theodore see see Kamamajo no, but close. Oh. <laughs> it's like Chaplin. It's like Chaplin, but with like a like extra eyes and A's in, in it. Mm. Okay. So it's Cha Chaliapin, mm. Theodore Chaliapin Jr. as Grandpa Castorini. Yes. Mm. He was a Russian-born actor. Oh, he was okay. also in. For that was a Russian last name you were doing. No, that looks oh, okay. like I don't know. It I get, when my brain sees a bunch of vowels, it freaks the fuck out. Like it just goes in my brain. You should try seeing a Polish name with all the consonants. That's true. Lots of Y's and Z's and mm-hmm. W's. Yeah, I think I, if I see the end in an I, I just go the ski. I just go the ski. <laughs> I, it's like you're falling down the steps, but you just got to nail the landing. <laughs> um, for Whom the Bell Tolls, Inferno, and The Name of the Rose. And those are the particulars. Ooh, well done. Hard-earned sip for you. Well, I am going to set the table. Mm-hmm. And by set the table, I am going to... Um, kind of just put together uh, what happened the first half hour of the book. Great. I, I wheedled that down to 30 minutes. You wheedled? If you haven't noticed from our last three episodes, <laughs> but we but wheedled it, it, we've wheedled it down. I was, <laughs> okay. Right. So this is the wheedled version. Okay. And it's Mother's Day, people. This is this that is doesn't mean anything for how we treat you on this podcast <laughs> today. I'm sorry. Well, you know you what? already said something offensive to me earlier. <laughs> it's 
It's all okay. When you agreed with your son over me. So. How often does that happen, though? Seriously. Weedle, weedle. <laughs> okay. Stay with me. Loretta, accept Johnny's marriage proposal as he is on his way to his mother's deathbed in Sicily. Loretta's mother, who is sure her husband has a side piece, asks if Loretta loves Johnny. She admits no, but she likes him. We find out that Loretta was previously married to a man who two years later died in a freak accident. Oh, man. He got hit by a bus. Yeah. You know, they're in Brooklyn. That could happen. That could. Um, well, her mother says to her when Loretta said she doesn't, doesn't love Johnny, good. When you love them, they'll drive you crazy because they know they can't. Or as my mother-in-law once told me, her advice to my husband was marry someone who loves you more than you love them. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Loretta's fiance asks her to contact his five-year estranged brother and invite him to the wedding. So Loretta really works hard to meet Ronnie. <laughs> he he came in like a wrecking ball and <laughs> sparks fly. That is my synopsis of the first half wow. hour. Okay. That's the wheedled version. It's wheedled down version. <laughs> so we are to cast. <clears throat> okay. So I have the POC count. I have one black woman ticket agent, two black men parking attendants, one black man taxi driver, and about five people at the opera. So I put the POC count at like nine to ten. But it was all, except for the opera people, it's all people in service positions, customer service, you know, you know. Service, yes. Yeah. Um. So then for cast. I have how, um, okay, so I've been watching Golden Girls, and, you know, Sophia, she's from Sicily, so she's always talking about, you know, the Sicilian 1922, Sicily. Picture it. Yeah. Picture it. So I wondered about Sicily and the power of cast, and apparently... There's a thing with uh, northern Italians that they consider people from Sicily to be people of color. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't surprise me. That no. there was a Moorish, the Moorish reign lasted in Sicily from about, uh, lasted about 230 years. So if you look at Sicily, like Sicily is down at the bottom. It's pretty much in the middle of the Mediterranean. It kind of makes sense that that would be a lot of ancient history, a lot yeah. of comings and goings and stuff. You know, gotta um, stop at McDonald's. Yeah, so northern Italians, not all, but I'm, this is, you know. Okay, and by northern Italian, you mean anybody on the boot of Italy? Or are you yeah. talking about the northern part of the boot? Well, I'm sure that the northern part of the boot, because they're closer to Europe, feel a certain way closer as to the I'm, people. I'm sure that the farther down that that, that line of demarcation goes you know depending what? on who you ask 
by was, some Italians, not all Italians. Right, I mean. right. And I was thinking today about our our favorite Italian restaurant and how it caters to northern Italian cuisine. And when we went to Italy, we stayed in northern Italy. And remember that they had mostly the cream sauces. We didn't mm-hmm. see like spaghetti sauce there, uh, red sauce, gravy. Um, and then you're saying that they were the, the pure of the people. It's just interesting. Their sauce was white too. Well, well, they, <laughs> I have to say, I be, first, now that I think of this, I think that I subconsciously first became aware of this at the Olive Garden when they had the Northern Italian platter and the Southern Italian uh-huh. platter. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. But yes, the, the you know, Italian people consider the Sicilians as people of color. And they have uh, uh, the, the, so from that, you know, big surprise, because they're considered a person of color, what are they, what traits are they stereotyped to have? Uh, That would be, they were perceived as poor, dirty, and suspected of being criminals. Of course. Okay, so I'm sure that they also just love that, you know, the mafia and the godfather, like a lot of that is Sicilians. So Mm -hmm. Sicilians. So Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting because then it's like that thing that we were talking about with, um, like with Asia, the countries of Asia, how, you know, the Chinese and Japanese and Koreans, how they've all had their struggles for going back as far as time. But according to American, it's like, y'all just Asian. And it's like that with Italians. Italians come over and they're like, y'all are just Italians. But within Italy, they're like, no, how dare you? I am not Sicilian. Those are Sicilians. And like, yeah, there's a there's a caste mm-hmm. system heavy. Mm-hmm. You're right. I also have dismembered people. <laughs> Yes, you were right. I should not laugh at that. <laughs> there is, I mean, he, he felt like he lost his bride-to-be because mm-hmm. of his dismemberment. Oh, his hands. <laughs> How could you forget <laughs> And it's so much nicer than mm-hmm. Buster's, any of Buster's. <laughs> well, I mean, a seal eat his hand and... And then it became a hook. I, I think the wooden hand is better than the hook. Oh, yeah. The hook is probably more practical. Well, okay. We're diverging into arrested I, development. I also... Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not... No, we to... need to get back to Moonstruck. I also had just like the... I don't know how to say it. The type of people that are supposed to go to the opera or that do go. Yes, like you're when Sharon, when she, what's her name? Loretta. Mm-hmm. She was like getting, you know, she was like, oh, she a, didn't know where the Met was, which I loved. Um, and because like, you know, all these movies, they're like, meet me at the Met. And then they just show up. But like, if you're not, you don't go there all the time. You don't know where that is. Right, and then she was like, when she went to the salon, and she was just like, you know, trying to be like, has it, have you ever been to the opera? Like, has anyone been to the opera? And like, she had to go buy all new things, just go to the opera, and yeah, yeah, 
And she felt very out of place being yeah. in the opera. Yeah. But she did enjoy it. I mean, you know, she didn't quite fit in as well as we fit in at um, Hamilton. But yeah. her, her mouth didn't hang open quite as much as ours <laughs> did inside the Richard Rogers Theater. Yeah. Now I realize we should have taken a limo or a cab right to the front of it. But yes, she apparently left in time to not have to run. <laughs> yes. Uh, Three another, blocks. Again, the people Three giant New York City would blocks. Be, would be so, they'd be so disappointed. It was a, we came out the stage door and the ends were all like, If hey, we were in that uh, type of, if we had been wearing what she was wearing, we would oh, not yeah. have been able to run. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to, yeah. Oh, please. I wouldn't have been able to get out of the. <laughs> I was able to get out of our little van and I was able to keep up with Teeny walking mm-hmm. uphill to the theater. <laughs> okay. Are we finished with cast? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I am. So we are to nerd alerts. <sighs> okay. All right, so Nerd Alerts, this is 1987. Let me paint the picture for you all. I have a very important Nerd Alert that I hope you included. Well, right off the bat, we were welcomed to Teeny. There we are. World. So <clears throat> there you go, 1987. You pass. Also, if you're watching the Son of Sam documentary on Netflix, uh-huh. Maury Terry's novel... The Ultimate Evil comes out in 1987. Mm. Mm. Aretha Franklin is the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, right. 1987, which I was like, well, excuse me, 1987? But that's because the induction started in 1986. Although, still, she wasn't in the first class. But then when you look at the first class, I mean... I think that she should have been in the she was a first ballot, but when you read the first ballot, I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna write any letters, you know. I'm not gonna cancel anyone. Yeah, yeah. Just say. We have the uh, Iran Contra affair. Mm. That's you know, so just follow the money with that. Um, you choose the Joshua Tree album comes out, and so does Michael Jackson's Bad. Do do the Portuguese government signed a deal to turn to return Macau back to China. Colonization. What could go wrong? <laughs> um, which that's always, that's weird. Like, and also with Britain returning Hong Kong back to China, because on one hand you're like, oh man, well, like you know these European countries, what are you doing there? But then on the other hand, it's kind of like, ha, y'all had freedom. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's just, just one of those things where, what a clusterfuck. Um, listen to this. An 18-year-old West German pilot evades the Soviet air defense and lands a plane in Red Square, Russia. I remember that. What was his plan after that? I was just like, what? You're an 18-year-old German kid? Like, you have no idea how... Wow. 
then they they asked him and he said that he wanted to make an imaginary bridge between the two countries wow just wow my guy like Russia got pretty angry at Germany during the Second World War and like fought till they had nothing. <laughs> so I'm sure they were like, what do they want now? Kid, what the hell is this? And this is this 18 year old kid and he's like, I want to make an imaginary bridge. And they're like, no, no, we don't want a bridge. It's too soon. It's too, it's still too soon. <laughs> So that is just hilarious. And then finally, in <laughs> That's politics always is. Finally, in 1987. Oh my God! <laughs> Y'all just got Rick Roll. Wow, we just got Rick Roll. <laughs> That's right. Rick Ashley, Ashley's Never Gonna Give You Up comes out in 1987. I have to say, out of all the nerd alerts, my birth year seems to be the least depressing and most fun of them all. It, uh, agreed. Yeah, I mean, you there are shit happened. In shit happens, but, but, but yeah. Overall, there's a good vibe. Yeah, nice vibes, nice vibes. Mm-hmm. As it should be. For our Christine. Oh. I'm sorry. So, and then we have the top films. Mm. The top films in North America. Number five, Moonstruck. Yes. Number four, Good Morning Vietnam. Never seen it. I haven't either. I just never heard of it. it. Oh, I just yeah. remember Robin Williams. He's in it. Good oh. Morning Vietnam. Oh, yeah. okay. I'd watch mm-hmm. that. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop Two. Uh, really? Number three. It's, yeah, number three. Okay. It was a big time movie. Okay. Number two, Fatal Attraction. Never seen that either. I we've gone over this. A lot of nudity, right? I don't think so. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Never well, seen it. Eighty-seven nudity. Fatal. Wait, Fatal Attraction is different from with is, Glenn Close. Okay, because what's the um what's the one with um um. You know, basic instinct. Yes, that was my. Thank you, Aaron, for reading my mind again. Yep, you're welcome. Happy Mother's Day. And the number one film of North America, Three Men and a Baby. Never yes. heard of that. Ever. Yes, it was. You've never heard of. Never Three heard Men of that. Never seen it. Never heard of it. Tom Selleck. Sounds Steve terrible. Lieberg, and I forget who is the third man. Who was the second one you said? I said Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg. Oh, it was Steve Gutenberg. Um, oh, somebody that we don't really know. I mean, I, that was a gift to have them in there. Wait, it wasn't Ted Danson, was it? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but, the, yeah, I mean, I remember that because then it became Three Men and a Little Lady. Yeah, which isn't creepy at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a that's a movie that doesn't age well because it would just be like just get a DNA test on the kid. Because Christine, a little girl is left at the apartment of these three bachelors, and the note is something like, "Yeah, you know, um, a year and a half ago I slept with all of you, and I don't know which one oh, she is." Oh, your. okay. Yeah. And then they all just decide to raise it. 
Okay. It was Ted Danson. Oh. Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, and Ted Danson. Uh, for the Oscars, the best picture nominees were Moonstruck, Hope and Glory, Fatal Attraction, Broadcast News, and the winner, The Last Emperor. Oh, I remember that year. Never heard of that either. Yeah. Wasn't that the year that we moved to Kansas? Uh, we were getting ready to move, I believe. Uh, 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 Christine, do you have any nerd alerts? Oh, yes, I guess this would fall under nerd alerts. Okay. I think this is going to go nerd alert. Okay. I wasn't prepared to do this yet, but here we are. Okay. I thought I was going to be later. We can do it later. No, we're here. Okay. Um, oh, this is the problem. I'm going to tell you now. This is the problem. When you take notes, I watched the movie on Monday. Yes, you did. Yeah. And I didn't read my notes since then. Now my notes make a little more sense to you, don't they? Yeah. Well, okay. My nerd alert is about, okay, this is where we went here. It has nothing to do with the movie. Perfect. Okay. But it's about Cher. Okay. Kind of. I did a deep dive on Bob Mackey. So much so that I forgot we were watching a movie about Cher and I just started digging so deep into Bob Mackie. So here we go. Um, and if you don't know, Bob Mackie is, now you know, he, (laughs) (laughs) he designed so many outfits for Cher for RuPaul for Carol Burnett, um, and just a fabulous designer. And he, I can't remember where he's from, didn't write that down somehow in all of this research that I did, but um, <laughs> he, he came, he coalesced from the ether yes. into a form. Yes, and so he's here. Um, but as a young kid, his dad wasn't really around. His mom wasn't really a present mom. He kind of got, like, he, she was, but she, like, kind of wanted to be, like, a fun mom. So he kind of got raised by his grandma. And he was kind of a weird kid, didn't really get along with, like, kids at school. So the movies were basically where he learned things. And he just, like, loved going to the movies. He loved learning things from the movies. Um, and, like, Movies like Gone with the Wind and, um, wait, we're Gone with the Wind and what's that movie we did um, where there's a wizard? The Wizard of Oz. Were they released the same year? I'm going to need a moment. (laughs) They might have been. They might have been. Okay. I just... Um, curious because that's the year that he was born. Oh, I'm pretty sure they were at least pretty close together. I didn't write it down, but that's around the time where he was born. So that's he was born into. Gone with the Wind was released in 1939, and so was Wizard of Oz, right? Um, 1939 as well. Look right. at me go. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when Bob Mackie was born. Oh. Uh-huh. Well Bob, done, Bob Christine. Bob Mackie was born mm-hmm. in 
1940. Psych, I didn't. Oh my god, are you googling it though? <laughs> I will for you. Okay, let me know. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm holding. Yeah, for... 1939. Correct. Wow. Okay. Oh, so good. Oh my god, I'm retaining. Here we go. Here we are. <laughs> so he's born into that. So then he's going to the movies around that time, like eight, eight to ten years later. Right. I don't really know what movies came out eight to 10 years after that. And um, we haven't done any of those that I know, but that's like his inspo. That's what he knows. Right. That's the movies he's seen. Um, so, so he grew up with these big MGM musicals yeah. and then probably like singing in the rain. Speaking of 1939, his dad went to fight in the war. So yeah, he's growing up around that time. And then, he goes to school in California. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I remember I, when I was listening to him speak, I was like, I'm going to remember that school. And I don't. Stanford? No, it was called a different name then. I don't know what it was. But he went there. And uh, he, he he was saying that his mom and his grandma didn't. He was like, they don't really, they didn't really care where I went to school. Because they were like, he's kind of weird. Like, he's just going to go do his thing. Like, I always kind of, was kind of good at it whatever I did and so um he was going to look for like costume design but like all the other people in his class wanted to do like sportswear design it was like fashion school but so he started winning all of these contests they would do these contests that like every year and so by his second year of school I think he was like don't call you should listen to interviews with him but one of his years of school, he was like, I'm not going to go back because they were like, these are the contests we're doing this year. And he's like, I already won all of these last year. Like, there's no need right. for me to do this now. Damn. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm balling. I'm ready for the big time. How yeah. much more I got to mm-hmm. prove to you? So he went to get a job and he worked for one of the uh, movie networks. I want to say Paramount. Can't remember. And he worked under Edith Head. That was oh. He worked for Edith Head for a long time, but you know, I was listening to an interview and they were like, "Do you think you worked for the best?" And he was like, "I don't know if I worked for the best." He's like very, <laughs> like he has a lot of opinions. Um, oh, but he'd have... surprise, surprise. Yeah, and you know, to get that far in that industry, it's very competitive. Yeah. I listened to. Uh, Hollywood Party, the Eat It Head episode, and it was very oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Bob Mackie like, learned from Edith Head and worked for Edith Head for a really long time. Um, and so then he got, in 1966, there was a Mitzi Gaynor Vegas review. I think he spent a lot of time in Vegas, which is also why I'm a little obsessed with this whole story. That, does, that makes sense with his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And then he, that's how he got introduced to Carol Burnett. And then Carol Burnett is kind of like, like, I have not seen Gone with the Wind. And so when I, you, okay. I have not seen the Gone with the Wind sketch that Carol Burnett did. And I did not have time to do my oh. research on both. But he designed, there's apparently something with somebody going up and wearing the curtains. Yes. You yes. guys, I'm sure know. Yes. So he designed that whole thing and he was like, wouldn't it be funny? And he designed that whole look. And that's kind of what still has been one of the funniest oh, sketches ever. On TV ever. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's pretty it's great. It's just classic. 
I'm terrible. So I need to go look watch that. Um, yeah, you're so not that, terrible. It's it's this is all stuff that's, that's way before you. And yeah, I just fun. didn't know what happened. I didn't that, know about this. That's right. the fun part. I learned of, a lot about, this week. Yeah, about life and like mm-hmm. and going in and because then you go into all these different crevasses and you look up all this stuff and it's like, oh yeah, we already knew about this and you're like, this sketch is hilarious mm-hmm. and yeah. And that's kind of, so what his, so he was basically sketching out outfits for all this. So he sketched out the outfit for that. And when he was saying when he graduated, or he didn't graduate because he dropped out. But when he did that, like nobody else was really sketching things out, like these outfits out because they were lazy. According to him. So he was like, I drew, I had like 12 sketches that got me every job for like a decade. And so he was sketching these things out and, People kind of, I mean, I, I read a couple things that were talking about how people kind of looked down upon costume design for TV because it wasn't movie. But he was like, like when you were doing the Carol Burnett show, he was like, I would have to come up with like dozens of costumes because exactly. they were having to have outfit changes and she needed to be changed them for them into them quickly, kind of like a Saturday Night Live deal, you know, mm-hmm. but like more so, I feel like they're kind of cheating these days. Um, <laughs> but it's but that's still even really hard. Like yeah, if you watch Saturday Night, and you're Live, doing it on a weekly basis. Like it's not like a movie. Like you're coming yeah. up with new things every week. Yeah. Um, so that's where Bob Mackie is there. So then she, he first coming back to the movie. He was first introduced to Cher when she and Sonny were guests on the Carol Burnett show. Oh, okay. And at first he was like. She's kind of weird. Like, she's a bit off. She's a little bit weird. She looks kind of weird. But, or not looks kind of weird, but like, you know. She's different. She didn't really have like a, she dressed kind of odd before him. You know, they were like the first hip, they became like the first yes. hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was before she had her nose done. And I, she, I don't think she felt beautiful yet. You know, yeah. that hadn't come to her yet. Well, be, also because she was, she was raised uh, around the si- same kind of similar time frame, and even then, it was, I mean, little. It was how many beautiful pinups were dark-haired women? Like, yeah. It was, well, and that's on one that of the things level. he was talking about. Was like every single beautiful actress at the time had like the flip-out hair, was blonde or brunette, and yep. like. Nobody had this long, straight hair. And I think that's one of the things that I related to when I watched this movie. Like, we watch all these old movies where they're like, these people, it was the most beautiful woman. And I've never had that thought until this movie. I've never looked at any, like, Catherine Hepburn. Okay, yeah, I can see textbook beauty. But, like, I wouldn't look at her and be like, oh, my God, I want to be her. But I looked at Cher in this movie, and I was like, I want to be her. Uh And so... She so he was like she was a bit weird but had an amazing body. Yes. And which like 2021 me is like okay but like but I but even when you everybody's an amazing body but like you know from an outfitting and a designer stamp that's what he was looking at it from. I yeah. kind of it, it made sense to me because I wonder not exactly the same but I think Carol Burnett was rather tall as well. So uh-huh. he was used to that kind mm-hmm. of tall, you know, dressing that, and then in comes Cher, and it's, to, it's got kind of similar to to Carol Burnett. I'm like just mm-hmm. the tall. Well, actually, Cher, Cher was tiny. Oh, yeah, she's, she's not tall. No, Cher's not tall. 
Cher's wow. not tall. Oh, wait, what's not tall? Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Siri. I mean, there's us. I mean, and there's not tall. You know, like everyone's tall to me, so I. Well, I mean, Cher's five foot nine. Okay. Oh, well, I, I think that's. Tall. I'm five two. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, there's that. <laughs> like you're you're the tall one in the family, teeny. We're like teeny. Grab that from the top shelf. <laughs> and you're like, I'm five two, and I'm like, we're five foot. Grab it from the shelf. <laughs> so he started to. Um, so yeah, that's when he met Cher. There's a bunch. There's a good article on Vogue that it was just like a tribute to Bob Mackie, where they interviewed a lot of people that have been um, that he's designed clothes for um so when rupaul said when i got famous the first phone call i made was to bob mackie because i grew up watching the carol burnett show and the sunny and share show and i knew the mark of a superstar was to have bob mackie costumes so he designed the costumes for my first las vegas review in fact on the tv show that i just finished filming for netflix called aj and the queen which if you haven't watched it's a delightful show um, one episode is the Bob Mackie episode. This kid and I who were traveling cross country, we stopped at the fictional Bob Mackie Museum in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And in that episode, I get to pull out some of my old Bob Mackie costumes and wear them. Wow. There Such a should fun. be it's a Bob so Mackie I know. I'm like the little kid has no idea who Bob Mackie is. It's really cute. Um, so he's designed so many things for Cher. Yeah. Um, and Cher said, and I'll, I guess I'll get into this later, but a quote from Cher is, without Bob Mackie, I would have been a peacock without feathers. And he said, you have to do something you love. I have this horrible, I have this horrible kind of fear of retiring and not doing anything because I would be so unhappy. And when you're like that, I think you die early. You just have no hope for anything. I was just lucky. I mean, I really never changed in what I really wanted to do and where I wanted to work. And he won the first ever Emmy for costume design. Excellent. Wow. And he does a whole, um, so for the share, the Sh- I think it's called the share show, the Broadway show about share, mm-hmm. which Broadway is coming back. I hope this comes back. I would love to see it now. See it. I, I know it comes back. Cause there's a Tina Turner show. Uh, yeah. But the share one, Bob Mackie, they like approached him about doing it. And he was like, well, they wanted, they like wanted his input or something, but then they were going to have a stylist. And he was like, what is the stylist going to do? Like, you can't go to like Mima and Marcus and be like, share is going to wear, would share wear this? Like never. Right. So he was like, well, share said I had to do it. So he's the designer for the share Broadway show. And um it he was like it's you know he had to do i guess i think there's a couple like three different actresses that play share in different parts of her life oh. so he has to he had to design um the costumes for each of them but also he there's a part in the broadway show of bob mackie so he had to design his own like there's an actor that plays him. Oh, wow. And, but it's funny because I listened to an interview with him and he just wears like suits. Like they were like, well, you don't really dress as like flashy as you, you know, as you would think. And he was like, yeah. no, like I don't wear that. 
Um, but for the Broadway show, he was like, yeah, I had to tell him, like, I would never wear some of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was listening to him and I'm like, he's talking about like fashion and like, you know, how fashion has changed and like New York City. He was like, today, I think this interview was in 2019. And he was like, you know, fashion today is more comfortable, but some of the things you just go out on Second Avenue today and people just look messy. Like they don't look <laughs> Uh, and I was there in my like sweatsh and a in a hoodie and jeans and like that. Yeah. You talking to me? You talking to me, Mackie? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, I'm not dressed to the nines while mm-hmm. I work my fingers to a bone. I'm not so, uh, aesthetically pleasing to your fashionista eye. So yeah, that's my um. I'll come back to him later, but that's my nerd alert. That has nothing to do with Moonstruck on Bob Mackie. But it does have to do with it when it comes to the Academy Awards. Yes, it does, and it will. It will. Oh, yes, it does, and it will. Um, okay, so we are to uh, negative reheatables. All right, I go ahead. Mother's first. It is Mother's Day. It is. Um, 80s hair. Now, it sort of coming back a touch christine you you're our fashion yeah um and she looked great when she got her hair done i thought but i mean but know. i would say it's more right now it's 70s hair yes that is back but i loved her hair oh, my God. oh yeah i loved her hair too i um, loved her hair but too. was she wearing a wig yeah oh. it was all wigs yeah i think she only wears wigs that would make sense too. and it i don't know Cher, I'm not talking about you, but sometimes people who wear wigs a lot, they start to lose their hair because of the rubbing, maybe. I don't they know. They get bad edges. I know about that. So, um, you know, that's, I don't know if, if that happened or, but back in the day of the Sunny and Cher show, she wore her long hair like a mantle. And when I watched it just to see what she was wearing, truth be told, Bob Mackie. Okay, that is not a negative reheatable. Um, putting ice in champagne. Now I understand if it's moose. Isn't that what that was? I thought it was Alka Seltzer. Somebody put an Alka Seltzer in the champagne. Well, that was gonna be Yeah, because I said something about it bubbling. I couldn't tell what it was. Yes, that's what I thought it was as well. And I was gonna ask you all because exactly oh, this is this plays right into my reheatable. Also, well, this is that most fans have never seen Cher's real hair. In the 70s, you didn't. She did the Mariah Carey before it was Mariah Carey. Erin, go on with your negative reheatables. Those are all your negative reheatables? Well, I have a controversial one, and I'm afraid. Bring it! Oh, what is it? Oh, God, I'm nervous. I'm not. (laughs) You know what it is, don't you? No. Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah, I kind of. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, he's he shows up on my negative reheatables, but for a yeah. reason that you he might shows not. up on both of mine. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Is it so? Is that all your negative reheatables? Those were my 80s hair, Nicholas Cage, and ice and champagne. Even worse, Alka Seltzer. My God. Okay, but ice. Okay. I'm not going to hate on ice and champagne because recently I've gotten really into ice and white wine. 
I I don't think that that I mean everybody. My stance is, how do you like it? Make it that way that yeah, you like. Because it. mostly oh, it's agreed. because when I get my wine home, sometimes I need it right away. Yeah. So um, but yeah. also now I've gotten into the like, kind of I like it. Yeah. yeah, because because you have the strength of it at first, and then it just dilutes it a little bit as it goes on. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. And I understand if you're putting anything in mum's champagne, you know, Dom Perignon, don't not so much. But mum's, go ahead and add whatever you would. Teeny, your negative reheatables. Okay, well, since you, I originally crossed this out, but since you brought it up. My negative reheatable is Nicolas Cage when he's wearing clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I will get to this in my positive, but I've never once, I would say this for my positive. I'll just leave it at Nicolas Cage wearing when he's wearing clothes. It's risque. And then um, I have, I do have more than that. Um, Her dad for throwing her under the bus. Like, she was totally keeping her secret about seeing him out with Mona. And he came home and what's his face was there. And he was like, watch your back. Don't leave. Don't go out of town. Dick. Um, yeah, he was a solid dick. Having two kids and naming them Johnny and Ronnie. Hey, <laughs> I taught two kids that were, oh man, they were Bo- Robbie and Bobby. So they both had Robert as their name. They were twins. Hold my beer. I went to school with a kid whose name was Rocky and his younger brother was Naki. (laughs) Sucks to be Naki. And Naki was the cool one. I'm sure. (laughs) He'd have to be. He'd have to be. And then I guess I'll loop this. I'll just group this into men saying weird shit to women. But when and they're old, so I guess it's okay. Maybe I mean maybe this happens when you get old. I don't know. Well, I'll let you know. Go ahead. There's no one old on this podcast, so no one would let me know. But Liz, let me know. Um, when best Mother's Day present. (laughs) When her parents, what are their names? Rita? Is it Rita? No, not Rita. Um, Cosmo, <laughs> no, but it is Rita. It's Rita and the and her Cosmo. No, Rita and her who's Rose? Rita's... Olympia Dukakis is Rose. No, but who's Rita's husband? Oh, the you know the at the couple. Oh, at Rita. The... Rita is her sister. Rita yeah. and Rose are sisters. Yeah. Yes, Cosmo is Rita's husband. No. Is yeah. it Cosmo Rose's husband? Yes, oh. Cosmo is Rose's husband. Aaron <laughs> saw an uppercase R and went yeah, Rita, went Rose, it. same thing. Raymond. 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 Okay. Raymond. An uppercase R, ma. An uppercase R. I think. I'm sorry, baby. Might not even be them. This might have been <laughs> when Loretta was standing in the in the moonlight. And, and like a bigger pizza pie. And he says, it makes you look like an angel. One of them, some some man said to one yes. of the men, said to one of the women, the moonlight makes her look like an angel. Don't tell me I look like a fucking angel. 
Like, that's weird. That's creepy. I don't want to be told that. Don't say that. Truth be told, I don't want to be an angel. Cause... And angels are usually babies. Well, that's true. Little cherubs. Babies are old women. I don't know. But, like, if I was standing in the moonlight and Adam was like, you look like an angel right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a death. Can you imagine? Thing. That seems yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, that I would be weird, so. especially coming out of that weird? Yeah. yeah. It is kind of weird. I would go with, like, this is weird, but I'm going to take it in the manner in which it's intended. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't weird when Rita told Raymond... Okay, this is it. Rita told oh, Raymond. Yeah. Rita was like, mm-hmm. and that light, you look like you're 26 years old. And I was like, that's a good compliment. Exactly. Yeah, because women yeah. are better at compliments than men are. Maybe that's that why, is what it is. I think that's why you have to be like, well, that's his version. Of, that's true. Yeah. So that's why sometimes you that's just it. Okay, go. that's what it was. It was, what's Nicholas Cage's? Ronnie. Mm-hmm. It was Ronnie, and he was telling Loretta, you look like an angel. I'm yeah. like, also like you don't know me we've only known each other for a day like exactly. don't tell me and yeah that's kind of weird ronnie's very intense yeah ronnie is too intense. very intense. too intense talk about yeah so that's my um negatives don't call me an angel i don't never call will me an angel in the morning nobody puts an angel in the corner <laughs> to go redo her birthday card but that's okay <laughs> To my sweetest angel. Okay, that's not happening. None of this. To my sweetest angel, Ma, on Mother's Day. She's your sweetest angel. Unbelievable. Also, like, that implies I'm dead. So, yeah. 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 But see, this is, remember, because my mother's mother, Grammy, she said, do not play Amazing Grace at my funeral. Why? Because she didn't want it. A wretch like me? Excuse me. I am not a wretch. <laughs> That's kind of rude, yeah. So don't be playing that. And I'm like, you know what? Props. Note everyone. Same here. Ditto on Grammy. It's right here. I'm not a wretch. I got you. My, my negative reheatables. Putting miniature lamps on tables to make them like fancy and cool. Hmm. They were at the Italian restaurant, you know. Oh yeah, they oh, put a lamp. I kind of love that. Here's, Thought it was here's cute. why I said because when we were in Italy, I mean when we were in Germany, I went to the Italian restaurants. My favorite thing that like the what centerpiece or whatever. Give me a nice big wine bottle. With years of candle wax. Oh, yeah. Usually the Chianti. Yeah, okay. You're right. I prefer a candle. Yeah, Yeah. candle's better. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's so what Mm -hmm. I like. You're right. Uh, Agreeing to marry a person after, what, a weekend they spent together? Yeah, because that can be very... (sighs) Well, you know. When you know, you know. Okay. I don't. I'm just kidding. You're right. No, yeah. Adam and I knew each other for, like... Eight years, it's fine. It was, it was, it was prolonged. It was yeah. just too long. I mean, that just took too long. And I but, learned a lot about people after a week. I've definitely had a weekend. Um, uh, I've spent some time with people 
you know, you date people for a little bit. Yeah, we can fling. Let's cut this. Uh, Even. You know, you learn a lot after after a week. Yes, you do. Yeah. However, he is from the family. He, and I that doesn't make it worse. It's probably worse. Yeah, Dad you're right. Not helping me. But, uh, just the whole. If I'm watching this from her perspective of what she's seeing, I'm not seeing like that's marriage material. But I'm seeing like, hey, I'm a I'm a 37 year old. Yeah, widow. exactly. I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna have a good time with this with this Mustang here. Let's go, room room. But this wild stallion. Yeah, marriage. Yeah. Whoa. All right. The the gray hair, I didn't really notice this when I first saw it. I didn't either. It and was this, this time, time I went, she looks so old. Uh, the bun in the back? Yeah. What? And it made me think that, I know, because this is the problem with Cher. She gets into Cicely Tyson territory, where you have no idea what the fucker age is. No. So I have no idea how old Loretta's supposed to be. I see the gray hair. I'm like, oh, I think when I first saw this movie, I thought she was supposed to be a young widow. I didn't even notice the gray hair. Now that right. I'm older, I noticed the gray hair, and I'm thinking, oh, she's maybe in her 50s. No, and she was supposed it, to be 37. Oh, no, she was 30. Yeah, 37 with much gray hair. It, but there, there are people who have prematurely I mean, there gray are. hair. Yeah, I know. There are. I know. Yes, there are. I learned that lesson young. There are people who, like... They go gray. Yeah, I know people who went gray at like 20. There's yeah. people that do that. Yeah, there are people who don't pay $100 every six weeks. I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. It's going to... Oh, yeah. Um, Pretty sure we all know. Ronnie's hair? Are you saying I'm going to shave my head? No, I wasn't. I thought you were just going to end up with the gray hair. Oh. It just seemed like a natural thing for you. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, if we're if we're know. adding color, we have to discuss before you put. Well, on. I know. Okay. I need like I need the highest tier color person, but I don't have the money for the highest of the tier color. Person. Yeah. So that's why I'm. Speaking of hair, Ronnie's hair gave me PTSD of that motherfucker who shall not be named because I'm like, oh my god. That's his hair. Yeah, just black. That's his hair. Well, well, I'm talking about the man that was the former president of the United States of America. Yeah, the twice impeached, yeah. once selected, once cheated. Get, okay. Um, I okay. started twitching. I was just like, what is his hair doing? And I think that's part of the reason with Teeny's clothes. Because he has his clothes on and his hair like that, and I just started twitching and freaking out. Like, because you could pay attention to his hair, as opposed to when he had the uh, quotation marks wife beater on. No, it's the A-frame tank. The A-frame tank top, where you were looking at his muscles instead of his hair, uh, yeah, and a I, lot of sweat. Truth be told, and he was he just he was being fancy. He's he was. He was a little boy who put a, a little suit on and he put his hair like that. And I was just like, I hate your yeah. fucking hair. I want to punch yeah. you in the face. You've ruined this sort Nicholas Cage. Sort of the bowl cut, right? Sort of the Lord It's the mullet, but parted and like lathered down into a, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm smart, not dumb like everyone says I am. It's the, uh, 
It's the executive Fredo cut. If Fredo had hair, <laughs> that's how he would style it. It's the I'm I'm smart. Look at my hair. I can do a part. I can do a part and slick it down. I'm smart. I have the best words. Yeah. So. Okay. Then okay. You're still on negative? Wow, yeah. you have a lot of negatives. Oh my well, gosh. She does slap him, and I don't want to be all holier than thou, but I do have to Oh, she did twice. She slapped, she tells him to snap out of it, snap out of it. I thought it's hilarious, yeah, but so I will beautiful. point it okay. out, you know. Did Okay, uh, like a nerd alert or a tasty nugget, did she actually slap him? Crickets. I don't know, I didn't. I okay, know. well. I believed it. it. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't condone it, but I'm just no, throwing yeah. it out there, you know. And then I... This was pointed out to me by somebody on the internet. Um, at the end, when she says to her dad, they have a thing and they say, Tiamo, and Tiamo translates to I love you, but it's love in a romantic way. And so they say that they well, wouldn't. Well, well, how would you say that if you're telling your dad that? I didn't write it down because it was more involved Italian. It's I did take my... four years of Italian. You'd think I'd know. It was something uh, like French. It was just an extra thing. Oh, okay. To differentiate between yeah. the, you know, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Those are my negative reheatables. Okay, what I found is just Cher managed to deliver a famous line snap out of it while slapping Nicolas Cage. Something that many of us want to do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that that was on I don't know what site, so that's what we have. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things where it's great. Leave it in the movies. Don't think that you can just go off doing that in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so we are to positive reheatables. Mm -hmm. Mm. A brownstone. Oh, God. And only the whole thing. An Italian restaurant. Yeah. I love an Italian. They come I with. I think the we're wine. gonna go. I think we have to go to one when you're here. Oh my gosh! It's I know. Right. Because you're not so much fun. Um, I said here, uh, his fake hand was so much better than Buster's. Mm-hmm. Um, shares it restaurant. Shares sitting in the restaurant. Shares. It it restaurant shares it sits restaurant. Okay, we're gonna it. let that go. It sounds note. great. Yeah, it's a ma note. Uh, a, a really nice fireplace, especially on a cold evening in an Italian restaurant, and just the opera house. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand opera, but I would love to see the costumes. But just to stand in the like when we stood in the um. Kennedy Center Opera House. It's just so cool. I know a couple opera singers. What? Well, yeah. My shout out to Sarah. Um, My one of my old my old coach from my CrossFit gym in Jersey City. She was also she's a Broadway actress and an opera singer. Oh, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, she's so cool. We always used to talk. I told her when I went to Hamilton. Um. Yeah, so 
luckily she coaches CrossFit, so she was able to get by this past year. But excellent, um, yeah. yeah, her voice is amazing. But also, I did have fireplaces because. I was like, oh my God, she just has a fireplace in her bedroom. And then I looked in our bedroom and we have these two cutouts where our computer is here. And then one in our bedroom where you can't see a fireplace, but there's it's clearly a wall that is covering up what used to be a fireplace. Because there was a fireplace in every room. Yeah. That was how they heated the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Amore, that song. Oh my God. Oh yeah. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. And it's Dean know. Martin singing it. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, you don't get better than that. Um, the whole, I mean, honestly, the music for the whole movie, it was great. Um, I did have the World Trade Centers. There was a lot of skylines yeah. of yeah. the city with the World Trade Centers. And also there's that one shot where, well, that scene where she's kicking the can yeah. It's yes. like one of the most iconic scenes, and she still has those shoes. Yes. She said. She um, does not, excuse me, Teeny. Or she used to. That's a great example of she does not have peasant ankles. Those are aristocratic yeah, ankles on Cher. She was they not are. meant to, she did not come from farming stock. Okay, however, yeah. I'll share my, I'll do a tasty tidbit now. She went to go, she took one of her friends and her boyfriend at the time to see the movie in like a crowded theater in New York City. And that scene where she's getting out at the um, opera, at the Met, and her foot goes out, she said the man in front of her was like, oh my God, she has such long ankles. Where did that? That was what? never said of me. I know, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, she took her friends to a crowded showing in the city, in the city, during the scene where she's exiting the car at the Met, some man in front of her said, God, she's got a long skinny foot. And she was like, oh my God, how mean of him to say that when I'm sitting right behind him. <laughs> and she still got those heels. And there's nothing but, wrong with a long skinny no, I foot. I would love my foot to look like hers. I would too. But that scene, I feel like there's a there's these shots from that road where the Brooklyn, you can see the Brooklyn Bridge yes. and it's in Dumbo, yes. Brooklyn, and I, yeah, it's just like yeah, so nice. Um, I I guess this will be unpopular. The proposal scene. No, that's not unpopular. The proposal scene I loved when she's like, "You gotta get down on one knee." You Where's gotta the ring? Do this right. Come on. I think that's what you meant by at the restaurant. Shares it. Restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it, yeah. But the unpopular one is I do have the slap slap snap out of it as a no, positive. It's a good it scene. It is. It can be both things. Like it is. It's a great scene, but then you are like, "Oh, that is a woman putting hands on somebody." It's a, mm -hmm. like you do have to acknowledge that, but it's a fantastic scene. Yeah. And she does the one time retaliate with the wooden hand. Yeah. Yeah. And she does I, the second time. She like, snap out of it. Yeah. I think this was Raymond telling Rita, "We'll eat some pasta and we'll fool around a little." Yes. Yes. <laughs> I liked Rita and Raymond. Yeah. And then I wrote, is Nicolas Cage sexy? 
because I've never, <laughs> I've never thought this in my entire life. I hate the way his face looks. He's a terrible looking face. I'm sorry, Nicholas. If you hear this, I'm sorry. You're famous and you're rich, so you're okay. But his face is not something I like to look at. But in this movie, I liked looking at him. And he's in a white t-shirt. And when he doesn't have clothes on, he looked good. May I if may I just offer a suggestion to rewatch rewatch Con Air and just digitally uh erase what his hair is doing in that film, but he's not bad. Yeah. Okay. I j- okay. Um I said LOL when the dog ran into the stair. I don't know if you guys remember that in the very I do. Yes, it was funny. Oh, dog. Yeah, the dog. It, it was such a dog move. Yeah. Yes. I loved all of the this this the settings. Uh-huh. The setting and the stage. I loved Nicolas Cage's apartment. I felt like all of it was very believable. Oh, I wait believe Nicolas Cage's apartment is believable? Because that thing was well, huge. No. Well, no. Well, yes. For the was 80s, he, was yes, he above I think I did angry? believe it. Yeah, he looked... No, I don't know. But I believed it for the 80s. Okay. It, yeah. It okay. Just and it, I yeah. also believe, like, they had that whole brownstone and the decor and everything. And, like, even when they were in the kitchen and you could see the, like, through the window, I felt like that was believable. Just, like, the ivy that was there, mm. even though most of it was filmed in Toronto, which really disappointed what? me. Yeah, I most of it was not that. filmed in New York City. Most of it was filmed in Toronto. Oh, Hollywood magic. I know. Um, the sound effects I really liked. And I think this was mainly because the first time I watched it, I had my AirPods in. I watched it on my phone. So the first time I watched it, I watched it on my phone. And the second time I watched it on the TV, I watched this movie twice. This wow. is the first in Gone with the Butcher's history I've ever watched a movie twice in a week. Ooh, that might be a category. Yeah. And when I was watching it in my AirPods, just like the scenes when they were when when they were at the dinner table and they were waiting for Johnny to come back and they were all there eating breakfast and like their knives and forks were like hitting. I don't know. It was just like yeah, you can really hear the sound yeah, design. Yeah, it was so good. AirPods, you're like, oh, yeah. I get why they're in like, categories. I've watched a couple of things on my phone, so I think this is, I still will keep that as positive. Outstanding. Um, I'm sorry, sophomore. No, uh, please. We want you to effuse. Yeah, grandfather howling with the dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the la luna, bella luna. Um... And then being able to afford a house on an honest living. Yeah. And then when that guy was like, that's your house. It's a mansion. And Olivia Dukakis was like, it's a house. He's like, I live in a one bedroom apartment. What's your husband do? And she was like, it's a plumber. He's a plumber. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Gone are the days of owning, owning a house in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Being a plumber, like, and she seemingly didn't work like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, never. Again. She didn't work outside the home. Obviously, she was an Italian mama. She worked a lot inside that home. 
Yes. I I, I don't want her, her ghost coming at you tonight, Tini. Uh, <laughs> was she? I don't think were they Sicilian? Because there was the the old lady. Well, oh, are not you, not necessarily. Are you ready for my good reheatables? Mm-hmm. I am. All I'm right, finally done. The casting of Olympia Dukakis and Cher as a mother and daughter. Yeah, I thought was that was fantastic. so good. I completely believed it. Oh my god, me too. I was. They just, had such a good dynamic. Oh, fantastic! And I mean, the casting of the of Cosmo, all of the casting. Like yes. I believed all of it. Yes, completely. And and they didn't want Olympia Dukakis at the beginning. Really? No, they wanted. I, I might have. Um, well, it is kind of interesting because Cher's not of Italian descent. Mm-hmm. She's of, on her father's side, Armenian. She's Armenian, right? Armenian yeah, and Cherokee. Yeah, and like European, of course. They have to be splashed in there. And then Olympia Dukakis is of Greek descent. Mm. And But she did say that they work, all worked so well together. Like they would be hanging out on the set and just like chatting as friends. And then they, I wrote a quote down, I think. Um, they're, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. The cast loved each other. We'd be talking and hanging out and then go on camera and do the same thing just with our lines. Like they all like really got along and they mm-hmm. loved each other. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cecilian curses. Like I said, I'm watching Golden Girls, so Sophia. Put a curse on that plane. I wish she put the curse on <laughs> yeah. that plane. It, it, like, oh. I, I don't want to deal with that. That lady reminded me so much of Sophia. Oh, hilarious. She's like, I don't believe in curses. She said, neither do I. Yeah, but I put one on there. Uh, just the way she picture. Just in case. Um, picture it, Sicily. Sicily. 1926. Oh, Putting, I said that it was putting Alka-Seltzer in the champagne, and okay. I put this as a good reheatable because uh-huh. I was, I put because I knew that Ma was gonna throw a conniption fit because people would put, how dare you? Would put, you couldn't. I knew she was gonna mention Dom Perignon and like, <laughs> oh, you can't. Uh, how dare they put it? Bastardized. The word yeah. is bastardized. Mm. She's Eyes. such a snob with champagne that she, it didn't even cross her mind that they were putting in Alka Seltzer tablets into the champagne. She just was like, no, right. no one would ever do that. It has to be an ice cube. Truly, that is like what was the name of? It uh, was Alka Seltzer, right? Yeah, so, I, it was something because they they poured it. It was in kept on the table, and they would put it in. What was the name of the of the Maury Terry's book? An the ultimate evil. That's the ultimate evil. I know. And I thought it was hilarious because this morning I had sparkling wine from a can, which is basically champagne. It's champagne in a can. Congrats. Yeah. She gets she gets toked when she has Happy to Mother's Day to you. That's to what her. I did. I was yeah. like, well, somebody's, somebody's gonna got enjoy it. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna but I know she, she turns her nose down on the, the can and I'm like, you know what? This is just one where she don't know what she's missing. Okay, like, yeah. but I think you're both wrong. Continue. Oh. Continue. Okay. But, well, oh, wait, are we still on the Alka-Seltzer subject? Yes, yes. I think you're both wrong. What okay. was it? 
It was sugar cubes. Well, see, we're it's an Italian tradition. Like that's a but Christine, that's a technicality because my mother doesn't want anything put. And if you tell it it's sugar cubes, it's gonna go up a notch. Okay, I'm just telling you, blood. sugar cubes are used in the making of a champagne cocktail in in Italy. So, well, it's like an Italian tradition. It was sugar okay. cubes were all wrong. It's definitely sugar cubes. Well, because sometimes a sugar now, and this is Reddit. So right. Listeners take what you will. All 13 of you. (laughs) This person said he gets them from the sugar bowl on a table. Sometimes a sugar cube soaked in brandy is popped in a shot into champagne as well. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds fun. Doesn't it? That's, That is bastardized in champagne. You can have your little brandy sugar cube on the on your tongue as you shit as you (laughs) as you shit as you shit have your sugar cube on your tongue dipped in brandy with your champagne. I would say I'm not a big fan of brandy. Uh, I had a I had a little bit of a phase where I drank it out of a mason jar and that's no not brandy yeah i did so i'm off of the brandy don't like it it's my version of like what you say rum but i'm like i'm happy because brandy doesn't show up as much as rum so i'm like i can take this loss there you go go. the thing with the sugar cubes i feel like that's just a mimosa because the orange juice is sugar and that's why you put the champagne right the orange that's nice though actually i might like that yeah, you might. I mean, you buy a cheap ass champagne. You I've, can, now, you can I've never seen it. a sugar cube in real life, though. I've only seen them on Mr. Ed. Oh, where have we no. been when we've had sugar cubes? Never. I believe never I have with had me. them at the Jefferson Hotel. Well, what maybe when you didn't invite me. It was the week we would spend in the summer in Kentucky. Sugar cubes. <laughs> and that's when I saw them. I've a never week. been to Kentucky with you, so a week that in Kentucky that. equals a comatose ma. Yeah, it's a little bit I fun. I found that out. I wasn't. I wasn't of the age to drink. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> uh, are, are, La La Bohème. The oh uh, yeah, that sounds fun. Night, yeah, that was the inspiration behind 1996's Rent. Mm. Yes. Yeah. La Bohème. Yep, exactly. I do love rent. I know. That's why I was. I think. Oh, I wonder if Teeny realizes this connection. I did not. Johnny's suitcase. Ma, did you notice them? Because we had a suitcase that was mustard yellow. Don't. That's what gave your grandpa his heart attack that killed him. It wasn't a suitcase. suitcase. (gasps) Yeah, a heart attack from a suitcase. It was gonna be that or on the golf. The golf course, right? Yeah, it had like five on the golf course already. Don't yeah, he had, he had. So Aaron and I, probably, flew it was in. probably the suitcase. And no, that's not. The I story. decided the to go story with. What to know, Teeny, is that he picked me up and then had a heart attack. So he didn't. He up. held. Oh, no, was your he fault. held on so that it couldn't be your fault. He held on until we were in the parking garage trying to pay to get out. And then he had his heart attack, so it wouldn't be blamed on So you. it was Aaron's fault. 
Yeah. You wow. live with that your whole just, entire life. Just something I bring up when, you know, she needs to be brought down to size a touch. So you, you killed my father. I'm like, all right. <laughs> what do you want me to do? If I could turn back. Back up. He didn't know he had to use his knees. He no. It, so anyway, let's. Okay. So yes, it was very much like our Samsonite yeah, uh, mustard exactly and like yellow. That. Samsonite made some good luggage. It they did. They really did. Yeah, minus you know the whole trauma of death and stuff. Take that all out. It's a, yeah. it's a great reheatable. I I sold it in that yard sale we had where Aaron was going. Come on, suckers, come buy some stuff. Yeah, go, go. Yeah. Um, here you go, teeny. Nicholas Cage, when he was younger, was so good at being weird and like, sexy. Like, a, yeah, maybe that's why I thought he was hot. Like, because he was raising, weird. Raising Arizona, he was hilarious and weird. I and never saw Raising Arizona. Oh, and when I was in my early twenties, I was definitely into like a weird hot guy. He, he's yes. As I like watching it. As, as I older. say this to you, as my sister-in-law and mother-in-law, that's who I was into. Okay, I'm oh, glad Adam you was not that... weird enough for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you got that out of your system. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. but that's the thing. Like that's what I was saying earlier. He's he's that weird guy, but you're not you're not putting a ring on that. No, um, yeah, he definitely had some problems, but unless... he looked good. Like his face was weird, but his body looked good. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. dated a lot of guys whose faces looked weird, <laughs> so, but their bodies were there. And you can always close your eyes. Yeah. Well, that's, they were... that's what your 20s is for. <laughs> I was going to say they were usually closed, but I'll... <laughs> I'll save that for next time. You already said it out loud. And it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I was attracted to him in this movie. Yeah, and, well, he, and, and he, I'm he, gonna I'm gonna let that happen. Yeah, thank you for that. It's just like the whole monologue about his hand. It's so over the. I top know it was should so, work, but it was it so good, and it did work. Yeah, it's just so. I mean, funny. she was like, "So that's the bad blood between you two? <laughs> yeah, a hand? Seriously? <laughs> um, my final good reheatable, and we'll 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 wrap this whole thing up is. Rose, do not sell that house. Yes. Yes. Because remember, she's like, oh, we'll sell the house. Your grandmother's dead. And it's it's 1987. And I'm, I'm like, Rose, hang on to it. Trust me. Hang on to that baby. You don't have rent control there. Hang on to it. Just hang on to it. You're going to make so much money if you would just hang on to oh, that. Man. Yeah. So we are to quotables. I have a lot. I have, a, I have a, uh, an amount. I have a few. I guess I'll go first. Do please. You're a little boy and you like to be bad. Oh, yeah. I just I thought that was that about, went off. Yep. about Adam. Yes. <laughs> well, they all are, truth be told. Yeah. He does like to be bad. I don't really remember. I think this was Olivia Dukakis saying this. When she was like asking why men chase women. Yes. And she just said, Thank you for answering my question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just loved that one. 
I don't know where I've been. I don't know where I'm going. All right. Oh, that just really described yeah. my life. Yeah, exactly. Um, when she told Cosmo, no matter what you do, you're going to die like everyone else. Yep. Um, and I loved when Johnny came back and he was like, it's a miracle. And she said, it's the modern times. There ain't supposed to be no miracles no more. Yeah. And then when um, Grandpa said, someone tell a joke. Yeah. <laughs> break up break up this uh, friction mm-hmm. here. Um, when... Oh, I just love... I mean, the whole scene in general, when Johnny comes back... And he's like, I can't marry you no more. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, in time you'll drop dead and I'll come to your funeral in a red dress. <laughs> and then do you love him, Loretta? Oh, my, I love him awful. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Also, coffee. 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 C-A-W-F-E-E. Yeah, coffee, coffee. talk. Yep. Co- Remember it's coffee talk? We'll be coffee right back. Coffee talk. Coffee. Um, you gotta love bite on your neck. I remember going to church. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> I used to date the preacher's son. Oh! <gasps> I know. Springfield song? But... I need to take a sip of my drink. My mom was the organist, pianist, whatever. Yes, yes. And so it was just natural that I did the preacher song. We were the same age. Uh-huh. We had to be at the freaking church all hours of the day. Right. Like, really I mean, come on. Like, we had to be there morning, noon, and night, like, all the time. Yeah. We had no time other than a church. What are you supposed to do? Well, a little frisky girl like be with each other. Um, so I remember, I do remember one time being in the morning at church and my mom being like, cover up your neck. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> ouch. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I loved when Olivia Dukakis, when Cosmo went to bed and she was like, you drank too much. Now you're going to be... Um, you're going to sleep too soon and you'll be up when you should be down. And that is the worst when you drink too much during the day and you go to sleep and you wake up at like three in the morning. Yep. Oh, I hate yep. that. Usually happens on, it used to happen on Sunday nights when we go watch football during the day and drink like Bud Light and drink and like eat beer snacks all during the day. We go to sleep at like 7 p.m. Then you yep. wake up at like a let like 1 a.m. and you're like, oh my God, my stomach feels yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Quarantine it happened a few times. You drink during the day and then. It's like, such a good idea at the time. I, mean, I know. And then you wake up at like one in the morning and you're like, oh my God, my stomach does not feel good. I don't know why you can't get back to. Because like you're so tired. Like you're tired. Because you're and dehydrated. I'll lay in, and I'll lay in bed and be like, I am so sleepy right now. <laughs> you can't go to sleep. Yeah, my mind races to every place but sleep. Mm-hmm. Aaron, quotables? Oh, my quotables. Uh, 
you did this once before. It didn't work out. Yeah. She, she was getting married. She kept <laughs> hearing that. Oh, so hilarious. Um, everything is temporary. Like, oh, wow, a truth bomb. Yeah, that was a good one. Wow, right in the middle. Everything is temporary. Everything is. The only constant is change. Mm -hmm. I don't know who said this. Someone said, your life's going down the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. And then Olympia Dukakis, she says, old man, you give those dogs another piece of my food. I'm going (laughs) to kick you until you're dead. I love I their know. relationship. It was so That's good. good for I believed that. Oh. And, and just his reaction, too, of like, oh, she Oh, will. she's serious. <laughs> I love That's that whole, like, relationship with the dogs and her. And, like, it wasn't, like, too much. Like, I believed it all. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and then, of course, the famous snap out of it. Yeah. Snap out of it. I have, he's a plumber. Well, that explains it. That's how, because the guy was yeah. walking her home and, oh, that explains how you got that house. And, oh, Johnny, you're 42 years old and she's still running your life. <laughs> we are to LVP. My right, Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Oh, the dad, right? Yeah, he looks like an because, owl. Okay, I loved him at first. I loved the scene where she comes home and tells him she's getting married. And I, at some points, really felt like Cosmo reminded me of my dad. But then when he started getting into like the bad parts, I was like, oh, never yeah. mind. Yeah. Like, ew, no, thank you. Um, but I feel like Cosmo was a little bit dirty. Like he was seeing Mona and then he like, but then he thought so poorly of Loretta mm-hmm. and then like called Loretta out. I don't know. I just didn't like him. And then when Olivia Dukakis is like, stop seeing her and she, I don't know. I just huh. thought he was a dirty dog. He was a dick. Yeah. I just didn't like him. Yeah. I mean, and he was kind of trying to get people over, like, yeah, copper might be the way to go for your plumber, but I feel like he was trying to get people over in the plumbing business. Yeah. yeah. I don't That's think why he made it. He was kind of, he kind of had a sham. Yeah, he right. was. He's not an honest man. No. Ma, who's yours? Uh, uh, surprisingly enough, it is the toxic son-mother relationship. I I didn't feel I didn't feel like the the Johnny's mother had that going on I felt like she was like oh get over yourself Uh, Johnny was the one who was totally devoted and you know that's how I felt but you know I I bring in some you uh, could bring in some baggage to this I got some suitcases here I have honorable mention. I oh. put I put Mona as an honorable mention because Cosmo is such a putz. Like I've yeah. just written Cosmo off of like he's Cosmo a, he's fucking a, sucks. He does suck, but, but Mona, she has no, what does Mona have to do with that? 
Because it, Mona could do so much better. Yeah, that dress was ugly. She had an ugly yeah. dress. Like, what are you doing? You know, she did. Did she know though? Yes, mm-hmm. because. She, oh, she knew. knew. She knew his whole life. She knew Loretta because she, Loretta, when they see her at the Met, she's like, "Hi, Mona." She's like, "Hi." He's like, "Mona knew," and she was just settling for this. That's why she. The was whole neighborhood knows. Bitch. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Everybody in the neighborhood knows. Sure. Exactly. So, but my LVP is Johnny. Well, yeah. Talk about why? Plugs. I mean, he was ugly first of all. And Wait. What? Johnny is Danny Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. He's ugly, first of all. I never believed that Loretta would have ever been in. Well, I do, but he's. She was. I do. I know. Nobody's nobody's in charge of who they fall in love with. No, she wasn't in love with him. She was living her life. He came and was just uh, come like. Uh, just a person, so she a wasn't around. Yeah. he's ugly in general, and he sucks. Yeah, and yeah. then but then he goes off to you know his mother's deathbed. Ma goes into that, but the fact that why would you tell your fiance to call your estranged brother who isn't no. even going back home to visit? Like they share a mother. It's their same mother who's on the deathbed. You're calling to. I have to call this guy. Who isn't even going back to see his dead mother to yeah. beg? And it really matters that much. Then I'm gonna come with you to see your mother. Right. I would have right. been like, no, I'm coming with you to see your mother. I'm gonna be there. Okay, I'm writing that down. I would have been like, all right. Tell well, me only if he didn't know. Now, now we know. So, like, see you later. If it's if you're on your deathbed, Adam can go. No, Teeny, you might be have to be the one that has the pillow. <laughs> I I will do that for you. I promise you, I will do that. If you ask me, I will do it. I would want that. See? Yeah, I, she's gonna be. I the really, one that I really think. Uh, and truth be told, you're the best person. Exactly. Adam would be the backup. You'd just be, you know, slinging snot everywhere. But, you know, or if somebody accidentally tripped and, you know, the plug came out of the wall, cool. All is good. Teeny accidentally tripped on the plug. It came out the wall. She had a pillow what? in her it hand. Kills her. Because you have to. That's That was the contract. Because time. it's the kindest thing you could do at that point. You're the one. As long as I had some good morphine. I'll make sure you, I'll make sure you're, you feel good on the way out. If you get cancer, I'll make sure you have some good painkillers. Just with the the needle. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Or like a lot of gin. Okay. Okay. I think it might be only like cancer though. Like if What's you the, really the Hendrix on top of the IV. Yeah. <laughs> so just the, the that would be yeah, just a drip. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like really going downhill. Yeah. We'll come down there and make sure I'll make sure you have cocktails the whole time. I know you would. I know you I'll have would. them. I'll have them with you. Thank you. There sweetheart. you have it. So <laughs> she's all, right. all the way in California. So I know. I'm you know. not Johnny. I would come home for that. Oh my I god. Don't, I don't know about that. Well, that is fair. <laughs> Who's the favorite daughter? <laughs> They did say my. What part are we to? 
Aaron, do you have, um, wait, what are we on? LVP. We just did LVP, Ma. We are on MVP. And your MVP, Aaron. My MVP is 80s. Oh, wait. Honorable mention is 80s New York. Oh, that sounds Ooh. scary, but really yeah, fun. Yeah, because if you're watching Sunny's 70s New York too. sounds really scary. Yeah. That's, okay, I think that's the one that I was thinking of where there's that screenshot of um, from the street looking at the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the most Instagrammable shot right now. But when we're watching Sons of Sam. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's that shot where all the buildings are so dilapidated and all it's like, boarded oh, up, all the graffiti. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh wait, yeah. you're talking about though the actual buildings that are there. What about the craters where there isn't a building where it looks oh, like it's yeah. Sarajevo or something? Scary. Yeah. Wild. So, but so that was my honorable mention. My MVP though. Rest in power, Queen is Olympia Dukakis. I thought she was fantastic. Oh, she was so good. That she scene was. with her and the the guy that played uh, Fraser Crane's dad when they're in the restaurant. Her the playfulness of her eyes was just so fantastic. She was so cool eating that minestrone soup mm-hmm. and just knowing. Just and you could just see in her eyes, like she didn't really have that many even words to say. It's just that's just what acting is. It's exactly. just had this playfulness, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a master class. Thank you. Agreed. Mm-hmm. My my runner up was Olivia Dukakis. Mm-hmm. Um, and my main reason was for laying it out on the table at breakfast in front of the whole family. <laughs> When she was like, I want you to stop seeing her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yes. We all know you're doing that. Right. I think at this point, there's no point in like taking it behind doors and just talking about it. Like, we all know. Exactly. But VP is Cher. Yes. It's my MVP as well. Go ahead. I have never seen this movie. And I have never really gone down the share hole. And I'm obsessed now. I can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh it my happens. god. Like, it does happen. Originally, I just wrote the hair, the makeup, the outfit, the accent, the attitude. And then I just went into the whole thing. Like, I just love her so much. And so all week, I just listened to Cher. I listened to Sonny and Cher. I listened to interviews with Cher. I listened to interviews with her and Cher and RuPaul. And she's just so fun. Um, so I, she's my MVP. And a couple of things that I guess when I was really talking about Bob Mackie, but went back to Cher, I watched like a 10-minute in 2000, it was either 2019 or 2020, she did a thing with Vogue where she, like, looked at pictures of her outfits from, from like, 1965 to now. And so she would, like, flip the page and look at her outfit and, like, talk about it. And she's just, like, kind of a bad bitch. Like, she 
Kind of. She is. Like, she knows she looks good, and she just talks about it. And so, oh, what is what does this say? My notes. Oh, yeah, this is my notes. <laughs> So, okay, so this is one thing. So, like, she would turn the page, and obviously she looked amazing at all of these things. And most of them, Bob Mackie designed. Yes, with all the cutouts. But some of them, like, other people did. But, like, one of them, she was like, this is an unfortunate outfit. I had a knife on the belt, and you could tell that you could see it. Oh, okay. So, there's an outfit, and she was like, oh, this is, like, kind of an unfortunate outfit. There's a knife on the belt, but then you could see through it. But I was kind of my, I was like kind of ahead of my time. So whatever, I don't care. And then like, she would like turn to another page and like look at a picture of her body and be like, "Mm, I just had a fabulous body. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was just like all these things where she would like look, she was like turning the page and be like, oh my God, I just look so good. You know, she did. Yeah. As you can see, I got my... Hmm. There... This is a really good quote, and I can't read it because I don't know what my handwriting is. As you can see, I got... She accepts an Academy Award. Where she goes, so the Academy Awards didn't like her. And she says, as you can see, I got my handbook on how to dress. Yes. Like a serious actress. And this was like her, I mean, and it was like, it was showing all kinds of boobs. And here we are. And she was like, the Academy didn't like me at all. Because she had young boyfriends. Okay, there we are. Well, <laughs> reading I mean, my notes. Here we are. <laughs> if you're if you're paying attention to the Academy in 2021, you know why the Academy in 1987, 1988 didn't mm-hmm. like share. You know, and she share, was the first, share. And she was the first actress to show her belly button on TV. That was a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, and she's oh like, God. she was like, people thought it was Idris Medjini, but it was actually her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Sharon's ridiculous. just one of these people who they well, her mother, her mother was in acting, but was in you know background, was out in Hollywood. She was just getting background things, but she wanted to be an actress. And then you know, Cher comes along, and Cher just had one of these personalities where she was, she just had this magnetism where she was like, "I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be a star," even though. There wasn't anybody she could look at the stage and say, oh, that looks like me. I'm going to do it. It just all came from within of just this light. And when that happens, like, you got to take the good with the bad. Like, the whole reason that she is there is because she manifested it and she wouldn't take no for an answer. She was just like, I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to do what I have to do. I look fantastic. This is the way I look. I'm going to do this. And by the time we get to Moonstruck, it's crazy because her career, it has gone. This is her comeback because she has done the Sunny and Cher. She was doing the music. But then she, she and Sunny, when like all of the, the counterculture stuff happened in the 60s, they kind of came out and were anti-drug, right? So oh, they were yeah. kind of 
Yeah, they it were was kind a, of. We saw a, a film in um, probably my junior senior year. I remember seeing the film of them coming out going, "Don't oh my you God. Know, don't do drugs." I had no clue. Yeah, yeah, so they were kind of the squares, and there's this whole counterculture. So it's just like, oh man, shares like the establishment, and she she liked the sounds of like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, but you know that wasn't what she could do, and it was and Sonny didn't want to do that at all. And so then, it, you know, her career kind of just went down because what was popping was the kids and the counterculture and the drugs and stuff. And she wasn't a part of that. But then when kind of disco kind of started coming back around, then she would kind of like dabble in it. But I think well, like she Boonstra, got rid of Sonny, who was holding her back as far as moving forward. Yeah. He, he was stuck in the past. And yeah. so then that's when she went into acting and she did like Silkwood, which I wanted to do, but it's really hard to find on streaming to be able to rent it. Yeah. And she was kind of doing that and getting into acting and stuff. And that, that Moonstruck came and this was her big, like, oh, you forgot about me, but look at me. Uh-huh. I'm acting, bitches. Yeah. I just loved her in the whole entire thing. Like her hair and her, like, even before she went to the beauty salon and got her hair mm-hmm. and makeup done, like she looked so amazing before that. But then, like when she went to the salon and was like, like when she walked out, I was worried she was gonna look like cartoonish. But she yes. walked out and I was like, oh my gosh, she looks amazing. But that was the first. Like I don't look at any of those other actresses that we talk about. I don't look at them and be like, I want to look like them. Right. But I looked at Cher in this whole movie, and I was like, I want to be her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I still want to be her. I'm like, I wish I could get my hair like that. Like, she looks so good. Like, I want to be. I wanted to be her, and like, she looks so good. Yeah, she yeah. stood up for herself. Yeah, you can laugh at me, Adam, and I still want to be her. But it, but that is a testament to the her star power. How many people go by one single name? Mm-hmm. And, you know. You have, you have Madonna. That's it. She's Cher, Cher. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Because and she's I... just willed it to happen. Yeah. Okay. So we are to recasting and I have a pretty good one. You do. I think I have a pretty good one as well. I did Loretta, none. Johnny, and Ronnie. Those are the only three I did. I did Loretta, Ronnie, and Rose. <laughs> okay. So my Loretta is Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I know. So my Johnny is John Leguizamo. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you got some charisma, but not. And my Ronnie is Anthony Ramos. Oh, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, younger, younger than Rosario, but they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mine, I went with the same kind of behind the scenes uh, storyline going. You know, you had Cher who came from the music industry, but she was had already dabbled in acting, and she was a little bit older when she did this. And so I went with as Loretta, Rihanna. Oh, oh, good one. Well, then as my Ronnie, I went with Drake. Okay. Okay. 
I like mine better, but okay. And then as my rose, because it's her mother, so it's in the Olympia Dukakis category. So I wanted like I wanted to be as truthful as the share in Olympia Dukakis was. So you had Rihanna. Rihanna. I went with Vanessa L. Williams. Hmm. Vanessa Williams, ma. Yeah, the Miss America. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is okay. Rihanna's mom? Yeah, in the Olympia Dukakis role. Yeah, totally. With Rihanna. Yeah, Come totally. on. Yeah, you put Anthony Ramos in there instead of Drake, and we got you know we'll sign some paperwork. I mean, but Ma, if we get if we were able to sign this cast, oh my God, the money we would make. Like, I know. We, we would just be like chichinging, chichinging, chichinging. Yeah, and they'd be lined up to do it with us. Yeah, just printing money. So. Okay, well, we are to Tasty Nuggets. Well, um, as the microwave says in the background. Not a uh, so Cher was drinking real champagne when she came home to tell her parents that she was getting married. And Cher didn't really drink. So yeah, she did. She came home to tell her parents that she was getting married. She really got champagne, oh, and there, yeah. then she was like, "Oh, she was a little drunk, and she doesn't really remember it." But nice, yeah. champagne's nice. I know, and aren't we all? I mean, a little drunk, and we don't remember yeah. telling our parents. <laughs> Here we. When I talk about when we told you guys we were married. Um, or we were getting engaged, not married. Uh, <laughs> I listened to, so The Daily, if anyone listens to The Daily, Michael Bavaro, mm -hmm. they uh -oh. did a Sunday read a few months ago, and they did a Zoom with Cher for about two hours. Oh, I missed it. And I love that she said, you know what, guys? I don't even know if I know two hours worth of the movie. I don't even yeah. know if that's a tasty says, but, but I love that she said oh, that. Oh, it is. Well, yeah, it the movie wasn't even ago. two hours. Yeah, not I a know. long time ago. In, like, that's a long time ago in life. That's like four times as long in shared life. Yeah. yeah. You know? I just love that she was still doing, like, talked about it. But, yeah, most of it was filmed in Toronto. Um, When they attended the opera, there was actually no opera. But the director described it in such a magnificent way. Um, yeah. And Cher's boyfriend, so Cher's Armenian, but Cher's boyfriend at the time was actually a bagel maker from Brooklyn. A bagel maker? Oh uh -huh. my gosh. My yeah. Dream. And he was on off camera. So he actually inspired a lot of the, like he helped her figure out how to say a lot of the words. Excellent, because her like when she said to say theater, she helped her learn how to say that, and she modeled a lot of her hand movements after him. But also, when they were at the opera, she called Nicolas Cage Nikki. Her boyfriend was off screen the whole time to keep an eye on them. Ah, she was like, ah, because oh, go ahead, Jamie. Well. And then, so the house that they were in, the old house, um, sorry, uh, 
She said they it actually like did have an old what, what did I do? Nothing. You're perfect. Keep going. So, okay, you got to put laughing at me. Uh, I'm laughing over here. She said it had the old house, had the old house smell, but not the nasty kind of smell where you're but like the kind of smell where you're like, I could have grown up there. <laughs> I could have grown up there. Yeah. Um, and I already told you the cast loved each other. They'd be talking and hanging out. So it seems like they like really liked each other and they were hanging out in this old house and and then they would just go on screen and have the lines and so the house was in Canada where they or Yeah, that... Toronto it seems like where they Well where the, they... The, the exterior I bet was shot in Brooklyn. That was the exterior, but yeah. then they went inside in the studio was probably in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um and then MGM wasn't thrilled about the movie, but Cher was like, I I don't fucking care. I love it. Yeah. So she was like, I don't care if they shelve it. Um, and it was up against a movie called Overboard, which I'd never heard of. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn and Kurt yes. Russell. Yes. Well, apparently that's what it was up against. Yeah. Uh. I don't want to pick these two together, but Goldie Hawn is pretty awesome. And oh, I don't know. Fun. I'm going to go with this one. There we go. Yeah, well, there you have it. Only one has share. Yeah. Um, so I listened to... So the reason that I... Honestly, the reason that I picked this movie... Obviously, like, Olympia Dukakis passed away. Yes. And I heard about that through this. But I, I listened to the Daily... Michael Barbaro, shout out, love you. And I never listen to the Sunday episodes. I hate the Sunday readings. But for some reason or another, I listened to the Sunday reading where they did the share episode. And that's what maybe I like I had written this movie down in my notes. It's like something I wanted to do. And so I listened to the episode again. And I have a couple of quotes from the daily from that one of them is coming across it is like finding a dollar on the sidewalk and i feel that yeah honestly and he said the new york city loretta inhabits the new york city loretta inhabits in coronavirus times is something fantastical a sprawling network of family and strangers to hug and kiss and yell at. It's a comforting place to visit however you can. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was such a great sentiment. Like, mm-hmm. she was That's here. True. That's yep. true. Yeah. So, that was my, that was my tasty nuggets. Outstanding. Do you have any tasty nuggets, Ma? I have several. So, I have some tasty nuggets. Nicholas Cage, his, um, Screen test did not impress the studio at all. I mean, it wouldn't have impressed me. And Cher fought for him. She said, Cher, he's, Nikki, he, he's got the craziness. And if he doesn't do this, I don't do this. Yeah, she was going to walk. Um, that last scene where they're all around the Formica kitchen table, the director was fined because he didn't allow them to get lunch until they perfected the moods of the characters for that climactic scene. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so he kept them going and going and going until they got it. Then they could break for lunch. Then they could come back and do it. Um, well, Ma, he also said that that was his most challenging scene that he's ever shot because he just, and then he had to basically. It was such a good scene. Yeah, yeah, well, he had to basically just throw out all of the, like, I'm not going to worry. He said, I'm being him. I'm not going to worry about where the camera placement is. I just need to look at this. And so he did it stripped down as, like, a theater thing where they were just, right. it was a stage production and trying to get all the beats right and the character moments. And then once he had that, then he was like, okay, now I know where to put the camera and let's yeah. go. We got it. And he said it was his most difficult um, screen Scene? Scene. Yeah. <laughs> no. To film. Mm-hmm. What I just but said. It was also his favorite movie he filmed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was there was a thought there that continued. Mm-hmm. Um, Cher thought she was giving a bad performance, and the director said, No, you've just won an Academy Award. We heard that recently about somebody nope. else. Um, it was Peter Bogdanovich with uh, Doris or uh, Cloris Leachman. Yeah, uh, she wanted to redo it, and, and yes. Bogdanovich was like, "You just won an Oscar." Exactly. Uh, John Mahoney, who was the professor, became Fraser's dad. He said because of this movie. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's British in real life. Well, he was in real life. Cher was 18 years older than Nicolas Cage. My mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Olympia Dukakis was 15 years older than Cher. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie, Danny Aiello was 31 years older than Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he must have done this and then, because 1989, I believe he did uh, do the right thing. So do this the was right before thing. do exactly. the right thing. Olympia Dukakis, she moans throughout this movie, and it's an homage to Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate, how he moans throughout oh. that movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. The screenwriter envisioned Sally Field being the lead. Being I could Loretta. see that. It would have been a very different Loretta because Sally Field at that time, she just has such a wholesome... Sally Field's only very wholesome image. Yeah. Although, if you read her her autobiography, um, Cher said that after this time, she had Epstein-Barr syndrome, and that's what caused her to walk away from film. What's Epstein-Barr? Well, I don't know if you want to know. It's the human herpes virus 4 infectious uh, mononucleosis. Oh, and, so it's mono? Yeah, it can be treated, but yeah. Okay. Um, the Camarari uh, Brothers Bakery was on that corner, and then in 2015, it became the Pure Bird Flame Grilled Chicken place. I don't oh. know what it is at this time. And hmm. 2020. I think we will. Those are my tasting nuggets. 
I have, and this is according to Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's correct, but um, I have that Cher was backing vocals on the Rodettes' Be My Baby and the Righteous Brothers' You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, But that could totally be. Yeah, and that's crazy. I totally forgot that Cher was married to Greg Almond. For a period of time. Never forgot that. I know that you did. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. Mm-hmm. The budget of the film was $15 million. And it made over $80 million at the box office. Mm-hmm. So it uh-huh. was a huge hit. Cher won the Best Actress Oscar. Uh, she was not... Listen to who she was nominated <laughs> against in this category. Sally Kirkland for Anna. Glenn Close for Fatal Attraction, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep for Ironweed, and Holly Hunter for Broadcast News. Wow. That's That's that a was, crazy... Because yeah, it's I, not even like a split would have given her the advantage. Yeah, like Holly Hunter... Have we done Broadcast News? We haven't. Man, we're going to do that. Um, Olympia Dukakis won for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Pat- John Patrick Shanley won for Best Original Screenplay. Um, And I think it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Supporting Actor, Vincent Gardenia, was also nominated. Who was her dad in the the film. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So remember David Watkin? He was the director of photography. He was really influential in the bounce light and the soft light. He was also super influential in coming up with this a way for night shooting because there's a whole scientific thing with night shooting and lights where it was very hard because the amount of fall off of a light, so like the distance, was so drastic. And it didn't matter how bright the light was, the source light, it would the light would just fall off. It's a mathematical thing. Scientists have figured it out. So it made shooting at night very hard if it was over distances. Because as soon as somebody will walk a distance, the light's all fucked up. Because it just disappears. And the solution mm-hmm. is just keep it, making it stronger, make it stronger. And then it gets hard because then it's a night shoot so you have to find practical ways of hiding light sources in the night shoot. Like, oh, well, there's a lamp here, so there's light. Oh, there's light coming from here. It gets very hard. So he came up with um, a solution, which was an array of what's called fey lights, and they were tightly spaced in a 14 by 14 square. So we would have these 14 by 14 square of lights. And then that was hoisted up 150 feet on a cherry picker and was put Mm -hmm. a quarter of a mile away. And then because of of science and how light works, they they were able, like, that's the standard lighting setup for night shoots. And they ended up um, naming that array the Wendy light. And so it's called a Wendy light if you're doing a night shoot. Like, oh, I need a need a Wendy light and it's called a Wendy light because David Watkins he was a gay man and his camp name like for being campy was Wendy oh so it's wow a, it's a Wendy light I and like that mm-hmm. okay those are all of our tasty nuggets 
Yeah. So are all of mine. So so this is everything we have on the list? I have to say, okay, this is not everything. Please do. Because this is going down in one of my top ten movies I've ever seen. Oh, it's a heavy In my entire life. This is the only movie we've ever done that I've watched twice in a week. That's true. That's true. I loved it so much. I watched it twice. Excellent. I have it on my list. I love Cher. And, I mean, I already knew I loved Cher. But it brought me down another road of listening to Cher and Sonny and Cher and researching Bob Mackie. Mm -hmm. And just, like, the influence on the gay community and just, like, everything. And I loved it so much. It's my number one movie of the year so far that we've done. So try to beat me now. I'm not even trying. That's where we are. I can't. I only so one chair. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of sad because then, I, and then it led me to a lot of Googling. And then I was kind of sad because I was like, she's had a lot of work done. She has work done, but she was so perfect. But yes. That's, but age. Father I know. And age. Yeah. And trying, trying to stay because she, like Madonna, continued to reinvent herself. Because yeah. she came out with Sonny, and they were a couple. They were married. They had a child. And Sonny was, appeared to be very into that family unit, wife for me, um, you, you do what I say. And he was the head of the business part of their duo, I believe. Yeah. And then she, she got to the share show where she was the star. All yeah. of a sudden, and she got her teeth fixed and she got her nose done. And she began to believe she was as beautiful as everybody had always thought she was. And she yeah. was this statuesque, slim person who a uh, Bob Mackie could put anything on her. Yeah. And it that was amazing. always the interesting thing. You should watch. There's a YouTube video. It's like 13 minutes. Of Cher walking you through her looks from 1965 Uh to now via Vogue. And it's just her being like, I hated this outfit. I love this outfit. Look Mm -hmm. at my body. Like, her body was, I mean, her body is incredible. Like, body positivity, I love it. But she also had a body you could put anything on. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And, and then incredible. and then she got into movies. And I remember her saying in one interview when she went um, to the uh, opening of Silkwood and she snuck in the back and the credits were in at the beginning of the movie, you know, Meryl Streep and her name came up and the audience laughed. Oh. And she, she was like devastated, you know, because she had done a really good job. But she still cared so much about what everybody else thought, and that and, was and that was before they saw the movie. And then how right, many people came right. out of there being like, "Oh, I my bad." Exactly. So she just kept reinventing yeah. herself and making herself um, relatable. You know, something new, something yeah. to pay attention to. She's the first movie star I would ever be like I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. 
Screw all the other ones. That's right. Judy Garland, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. She was asking Cher what to wear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that is Moonstruck. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it because we enjoyed it. And Erin, I believe it's you next week. I certainly hope so because I don't have anything. It is me. It is. <laughs> okay. We, you know, it's Mother's Day. What? Weekend, and we, we might have, you know, reached a, a certain level of uh, non sobriety. And so, Erin, what are we doing next week? Well, we are going back in time oh. to the 1930s. 30, See, okay. I just looked up some 1930s movies. An hour and 33 minutes. There love you go, that. Christine. I love that. It should be on HBO Max. Ooh, Sounds good. Outstanding. This, this one is for, is for my friends. Jess and Andy for my birthday they gave me these glasses that are called Nick and Nora and they are named Nick and Nora for the characters of this film this has been on my list for a very long time and since I haven't knock on wood broken one of those glasses because they are very delicate yeah I can't believe you haven't but I'm so proud of you I have not this movie has come up in many of our particulars it is a, um, a de- there. I believe Nick and Nora are detectives, so it's a it should be oh, a, some sort of detective. But there are so many movies in this. There's a whole series, but we're gonna do 1934, The Thin Man. Mm-hmm. We haven't done scary. that. We have not done that. We did The Third Man. Yeah, we and did. That was great. But we so this is film noir. Man. I don't think it's film noir because it's the 30s. It's uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, but it's very influential because they did so many of them and they like rebooted them. And but it, this is, I think it's William. I know Mir, Myrna Loy is in it. Myrna, Myrna Loy. Loy. Yeah, she's one of the the old. And then Powell, maybe William Powell. William. Yeah. So. Well, this. I mean, is, yeah. I know it's no share, but no, but it's a um, it's a classic from back in the day. Yeah, and the, the Nick and Nora, the inspiration for this classy glass. Outstanding. I have, I have Willa's painting uh, in my art room. Mm. I have to say, this movie. This is in my. Top ten favorite movies I've ever seen. Ever. Of, Did Adam watch it? any of it? Yeah, because I watched it and I made him watch it again with me. Good. 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 It's funny. It's a funny movie. It's, yeah. good. it's got so much that makes you, especially after the pandemic and having to be separated. And, and yes, and that was what a lot of the sentiment that was in the episode of the daily that I listened to was like a lot of like you're gonna see your family and getting to go out and like a lot of these sentiments that you're you know wanting to feel Italian restaurant Italian food man there's nothing but that's just that's just good Italians feeling good yeah Sicilians 
I got love for Cecilians. Mm -hmm. Okay, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Moonstruck. We certainly did. And see you next week for The Thin Man. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Bye. Bye. Bye.